Oh, hi. Before we get into the actual episode, I've recorded a bit of a special opening today. As you likely already know, I'm slow at editing the podcast, and there can be a delay of a few days between the recording and the actual publishing of the show. This episode was originally recorded on Tuesday, July 20th, and a few things have happened since then. Yesterday, on Wednesday the 21st, I got an awesome gift from the Diablo Immortal team thanking me for helping test the game, and well, it was pretty cool with a, like a personalized hoodie amongst other things. But then a, a few hours later, well, things went south in a really bad way. You likely already know what I'm about to say, but it bears repeating. Last night, the state of California filed a lawsuit against Blizzard over allegations of sexual harassment, discrimination, amongst other things. These, this is deeply troubling, and it honestly would be a disservice to everyone in the community, both you know, content creators, the community itself, and other Blizzard developers, um, to not bring up these allegations. Because by not discussing these things and by not outrightly, you know, and directly denouncing these kinds of behaviors would just allow these things to continue. The allegations being leveled at Blizzard are abhorrent and appalling, to say the least, and it makes everything surrounding them complicated. I've seen others outrightly swear off Blizzard and its games, but... For every abuser in situations like this, there are more, many more victims that worked on the games and products that we love. What's the right course? What's the right course of action in these situations? And I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't have an answer to that question, but I do know at least it starts with holding Blizzard accountable. Well, later on in this episode, I do mention that I was going to plan on streaming, you know, the opening for Season 24. I'm, I'm not so sure about that at the moment. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see, you know, how those things work out. But uh, I do know this, at least. Blizzard, do better. Be better. And with that, now on to the, uh, the rest of the show. Uh, thank you, and, well, believe the victims. Oh, hi! Here we are. It's another Tuesday, and we got another episode going through coming at you. As you probably have guessed, there's, uh, there's a few things to talk about in the, uh, the, the realm of Diablo. So I'd like to go ahead and let's just jump right into it. Uh, welcome to episode 214. 2.7.1 is here because you like to hear numbers. And we're recording on, you know, the seventh month of 2021 on the 20th day at 9.04 p.m. Just to throw even more numbers in there. Uh, but yeah. You know, as I mentioned on the last episode, you know, I'm recording on a Tuesday because my Wednesday is busy. It's uh, spoken for. And so uh, we're changing things up ever so slightly, uh, you know, in order to go through and work with that. But the, the show must go on, of course, as they say. But in uh, tonight's episode, you know, we've got uh, we got some things. You know, we got uh, my weeks in gaming, uh, which hasn't involved much gaming. Uh, my... Uh, relief at the uh, the Blizzard Vault Blizzard Vault release 
of course, as is the title of the episode, we've got a lot of things to go through and talk about. Patch 2.7.1 and Season 24. Don't do the challenge riff yet. Uh, you know, we've also got some things to talk about with uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected, as we've gotten a couple of blogs. We've been having some weekly blogs uh, since uh, the previous episode to go and talk about some of the learnings and changes that we've had since the, you know, the, the previous alpha. Uh, and then just, uh, you know, some uh, some thoughts and feelings on Diablo Immortal to go through and close out the show. Without uh, further ado, of course, uh, my weeks in gaming, I actually haven't really played much uh, computer games in quite some time. I think, like, more or less, like, the, the last game that I really played was Diablo 3 to just go through and finish up Guardian, and that was, like, about a month ago. Otherwise, as I've talked about on a lot of the episodes, I have been uh, preparing for... The, uh, the, the big Warhammer tournament that's going through and coming up, uh, sorry, on August 14th. Uh, so it's mostly been uh, painting. I've only really gotten like one practice game in, uh, but uh, if, you, if you're following me on Twitter, you know, I, I went through and posted, you know, some, uh, some of uh, the, uh, the models that I painted up, which actually I think I can go through and just pull that up real quick. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't... I'm I'm far from the best painter. I am I'm very very far from the uh, the, the best painter uh, indeed. Let's go ahead and just find these real quick. So just you know some of the uh, the uh, the blood knights. They're like um, vampire cavalry. They're, you know they're vampire knights riding around on undead steeds and such. Uh, just to show off little bits of the uh, the work that that first model was just kind of like the test scheme And so now I'm going through and I'm gonna be assembly lining it in order to try and you know Speed through the rest of the process because I've only got about three weeks left uh, You know, I guess well, I got three weekends four weeks left uh, You know in order to uh, get everything prepped and prepared uh, before August 14th, so expect uh, quite a bit more um, Age of Sigmar and Warhammer discussions uh, on Twitter, and you know, for the uh, the next episode will probably be a bit short because it's going to be, you know, that that next episode is going to be coming up on what is that the uh, the the third or not the third? I'm looking at the Tuesday. It's like we're not moving from Wednesdays. It's just the special uh, as it is right now. But I guess it's going to be the uh, the fourth at the moment, provided. You know, uh, work doesn't uh, throw anything else at me in the evenings. We will see. We'll see. Hopefully, remain hopeful. Um, but yeah, expect expect a lot more um, Age of Sigmar talk and stuff. Though I guess with the next episode, I will have some other uh, Diablo-related things to talk about in terms of gaming because we've got the new season. Um, you know, that's going through and dropping, uh, which we can you know uh, go ahead and. Guess jump into though I do want to uh, say one quick thing as I mentioned on the last episode that second Tuesday of every month is always scary because I never know what's gonna be actually dropping in the vault and this week or this month it, it wasn't it wasn't anything too much thankfully go through and pop up here real quick and so it was just uh, some sketches. There's uh, a whole bunch of the figures and stuff from the previous months. There's the $1,100, you know, Arthas statue. It, it is like, you know, 
is huge. It's two feet tall. Uh, but, you know, it's not, uh, not something I'm going to be dropping a, a grand on. But it's just, you know, a couple of uh, concept sketches, you know, of uh, Kerrigan. Uh, we got uh, Zol'jin in, like, the Annoyatron and such. You know, so it's just... Like little little tiny things uh, that they they added in for this month's vault, though. Uh, September September is going to be scary because that's when Diablo Two Resurrected drops. And they they tend to line stuff up as you saw on that image that I just had uh, pulled up there. Like there was like the the Burning Crusade Classic shirts because last month was like the launch of Burning Crusade Classic, so it was all uh, Burning Crusade. Uh, Illidan related merchandise is like they brought back that Illidan statue you know which was like kind of like you know like the limited time thing has been sold out for a while uh, you know but uh, every every second Tuesday of every month is just like please do not drop another big expensive Diablo statue because I've, I've already got I've already got too many sitting in the background with no real place to put them <laughs> um but, uh, you know, as I was mentioning before, we, we do have got, got some stuff here to talk about with the, uh, the new patch, uh, 2.7.1, which, you know, in the, the previous episode I was talking about how there's, re there's really, once we knew the end date, there was only two real answers as to when the patch would be, or when the season, season 24 would be dropping, and that was July 23rd or July 30th. And, well, here we have it. We again only that one week turnaround time, and it's dropping on the July 23rd. So I, I hope that you manage to go through and get all of your seasonal goals done. You know, you got your guardian or whatever it is that you set out to achieve, whether it be something on the leaderboard. Uh, if you're one of those crazy people, like uh, I was seeing, uh, Woody Joe had uh, went through and competed on every single soft core leaderboard. So every single set for every single class and a couple of the hardcore ones too. That is, that is some hardcore dedication right there. That is that is insanity. Uh, and now, I mean, with the the new uh, season twenty four with the ethereals coming, that's even it's like almost the norm because you're gonna wanting to be grinding out on every single class to get the uh, the unlock for the feat of strength, so that way you get all the awesome transmogs. Though not that level of dedication, of course, you just kind of have to get a character two seventy. Uh, in order to, um, you know, mess around and, you know, farm for a little bit to, in order to get them to drop. They're not, they're not primals, you know, they're, they're, they're not primals, but they are a little bit rarer than ancients. Uh, so you, it will take, a, you know, it will take some grinding uh, in order to go through and get them. Um, and it, it, we, obviously we won't know, and I've talked about this on previous episodes, that one of the, one of the quickest ways of, like, actually, like, grinding through them was to get to a level 11 character, die, and then have a friend, like, run through Torment Six Rifts, because you, you cut down on the drop pool so much of, like, other legendaries and such, that you have the, the, like, an upscaled chance of getting the ethereals. At the moment, it doesn't look like, because at least the wording in the patch notes still remains, that you just have to, you just have to get all of the ethereal items in order to unlock the feat of strength. It doesn't say that it requires you to be level seventy, uh, but that's again one of those ones where probably won't know. Can you game the system uh, in the upcoming season, or will you have to do it legitimately? Uh, unsure, but it's not like it's going to be like that hard. 
And, you know, your first character, you get up, you know, you get a, you know, just start leveling up like a gym of ease or just have someone power level you. You know, it takes, takes just a couple, couple of torment runs once you're actually, you know, capable of like speed clearing T6s, which is almost instantly at 70. Um, and then you can get another level 70 character and just dump some blood shards into them to farm up and start, start getting those pretty teal greens. I want to say, you know, it's not it's not dropping oranges, not dropping greens. They're like a tealish green. Nice, pretty color. Almost almost like uh, Death's Breaths. Um, but, uh, you know, now that we have, like, the, the full patch notes and everything, it seems that there were a few uh, changes that they had added. So I just want to bring those up on the screen right now. So there was a couple of changes from the PTR where they improved the AI yet again on uh, Mystic Ally, specifically for the uh, the Fire Ally, uh, and then also um, for Rabid Strike, the Spirit Spenders that teleport you while Epiphany is active is also mimicked by, uh, to a nearby target for the 350 to 450% um, increased damage. Um, and then just a couple of uh, fixes, you know, uh, so that way you get the, you know, the all Mystic Allies and their abilities now benefit from the plus Mystic Ally damage uh, because there was some, you know, issues on the PTR where it wasn't functioning properly. Um, you know, some uh, proc issues with uh, Shenlongs and then also just some issues with the Gibden, which was not functioning properly. So it didn't get like fully tested on the PTR uh, because it wasn't applying to the, the sycophants, you know, from the passive. Uh, but otherwise, you know, the just you know your general uh, brand new patch stuff. Uh, don't I hope? I mean that this is obviously coming a little bit late, but I hope that you did not yet complete the challenge rift on Monday, because as always, the best way to hit up your season is to wait for the season to start and then do the challenge rift uh, at that point. Uh, so that way you start off and you can get all of your vendors, you know, up to max level. You can. Uh, gamble, you know, certain uh, legendaries and such in order to go through and push your characters through. Uh, you can also get um, some crafting materials to try and get yourself a craft level 70 weapon and then try and throw the um, reduced level requirement so that way you can get it like down, you know, into the 40s, as close to 40 as possible. So that way you can then, you know, just blast through the last couple of levels as you're leveling. Uh, and then, you know, we, we've got the, the Hadrix gifts, uh, here, uh, and one of, one of the interesting things is, is that it's a pretty solid collection of, um, Hadrix gifts, uh, that are going through and popping up this time, because there, there are some such as, you know, the, the Natalia's, like the Natalia's rapid fire build, uh, or the, uh, Crusader's, uh, you know, Seeker of Light are both, like, you know, rather decent you know pushing builds uh they're you know they're not the best they're still you know like 10 greater lift greater rift levels you know below the best but they're ones that can take you more or less like straight to the end game the other ones are all still you know relatively decent you know the the uliana's immortal kings and the spirit of eric here you know for their respective classes are also still uh pretty nice though they're all kind of like in that that b tier of um sets that will get you set up and rolling you know pretty quickly and you know the the weakest ones are the veers and the tragols which are the you know they just are definitely like showing their age uh they'll they're at least still 
pretty good um, starter builds. Tragholes is probably the weakest uh, this this round, uh, just because you know you really are just getting increased health. You're just getting survivability. You're not really getting uh, all that great of a damage boost uh, from Tragholes with only the four piece in order to get, do your GR twenty. But at the same time, just get yourself you know um, an Essence Grasp. Just gamble that Essence, gra uh, essence Grasp at level one. Uh, get those gloves, uh, cube them, and you're done. You know, there, there's, there, it's like the Necromancer is like the easiest class to get to 70 with, just because of the insanity of Essence Grasp with, combined with Corpse Explosion. The damage multipliers on it are just crazy. You, the Necromancer does not need a set in order to do their GR20, uh, in order to go through and get the six piece and you know pushed out. Uh, which you know, with the last season rework of Rathmas. Maybe we'll see a remark of a rework of Tragols sometime soon. You know, we got uh, we got um, yeah, Ina's um, that was the the big rework with for uh, putting uh, monks up there for this season, and you know we we don't know what is going to be coming with the uh, the next patch or season twenty five as uh, things continue to uh, rotate in. Uh, I uh, did also want to go through and just uh, share a little bit. Um, like if you want to go through and check out, obviously one of the, the, the best resources out there, uh, for wanting to go and trying to plan out your season. If you're really trying to hit it hard is, you know, maxroll.gg and it has, uh, been updated for the season 24 solo tier list that includes ethereals. So you're, you're going to see a lot of changes in here. You know, you, there is, like, the little star there, um, like, for the, the Ina's Mystic Ally, like, the second, what is um, assumed to, to be the second best S-tier um, set in the game. Uh, you know, is, is brand new because it's all new play style and such. Uh, but, you know, the, with the absolute best one right now, it's theorycraft to be that the, you know, the, the Legacy of Dreams... Uh, uh, wave of light build for the monk is going to be uh the best uh the the best uh, s tier solo pushing build that there will be so if you're looking to try and get like the absolute craziest it, it's going to be monk though obviously it's a monk so there are going to be like some survivability issues it's not a play style that is for everybody but uh like there's so many monk builds that got a huge boost um, you know, through like the ethereals or other things that are going on with the updates and such. So it's worth, it's definitely worth going through checking out. Um, and then of course the Enas is the, the new, you know, that's the, with all the mystic allies is the new hotness, though there were some performance issues that were reported on the PTR. Just anything, anything that creates more calculations and because it's like a pseudo pet build, it's just, you know, multiple sources of damage causing more calculations when you get into those higher end pushes can start to lag the game uh if you're just doing it solo not really all that that big of a not that big of a problem or if you're just using it with like your friends and you're just casually clearing like 120s 130s again it's not it's it's like a specific like play style where you're grouping up like the the mobs in order to push them down it's that, that end game uh you know kind of like play style that it really has that that biggest issue for um, and also, like, even despite the nerfs, 
um, the you know the Aegis of Valor for Crusaders is still considered an S tier. It is getting hit pretty hard with the uh, the nerf for the multiplicative uh, scaling on the the two piece set bonus, but it, it's it's still up there. Uh, every single class right now has an S tier build. Like this is this is one of those that obviously there's always some jockeying for position of what's the best, what's the hottest, but like. Everybody can kind of compete at that really high tier level. The, this is, of course, theoretical. Um, those uh, ethereals are really, really going to uh, change the way that these things play out. If someone discovers some sort of interaction, or if like one class that just gets like a, a god roll on the passive in the the legendary ability uh, for the for on like the right ethereal could potentially like shoot its way all, all the way up because that's when like the um the gears of the dreadlands the the god build for demon hunters with the hungering arrow with the the interactions with the bariza of the bonus damage when you freeze the enemies uh with all the piercing and other stuff going on like you that one is also another one that's like got sent like you know to the moon uh, in terms of its power uh it is you know there's there's a lot of things that you know you you just don't have enough time in those two weeks, especially when there's changes that are implemented in the second week of the PTR to like get the full grasp of everything. And it's something I've seen some of the content creators also note that because they can't just, um, you know, get access to like everything and they still have to like farm up materials and try and like, you know, uh, like they have to get gems to reroll stats on like the amulets and rings and such. There's all these things that kind of hamper them while trying to, to test out the seasonal bonuses that like that one week test time is like kind of like a little short. They're trying to put in so much um, effort to test these things and, you know, uh, big props to, you know, everyone over on like the, the max roll, uh, the max roll team for putting this stuff together. Um, because it, it takes it takes some insane dedication and a, a lot of play hours, especially when you're 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 going through you do these this mad rush to test for two weeks, and, and when you know that that PTR ends, you're about to get like the the two week uh, warning for the end of the season. So you're going from like a two week cram session on the PTR to like a, a two week cram session in order to try and you know get your position at the top of the leaderboard. So. Yeah, again, big props uh, to everybody, you know, that, you know, put in the time and effort to put these guides together and resources for the community. Uh, and uh, I guess I should also note that uh, this this uh, July 23rd is also the Path of Exile um, new league start. And it's really funny, uh, you know, because it's, it's like every, every new Diablo season is always, oh, power creep, power creep, power creep. You know, the, the new the new hotness is pushing everything up. Though they have been really good about going through and applying common sense nerfs. And bringing certain abilities and um, sets back down to a, a more reasonable level. I mean, this is the sixth time that they've nerfed, you know, Aegis of Alar. And, you know... It, I don't, who knows, maybe it'll get nerfed again because it's still doing well. Um, but it is, it is you know, they, they are at least a bit more cognizant of the infinite power creep and trying to bring things uh, down so one, one doesn't stand head and shoulders above everything else. Even though, you know, it still kind of happens, but they'll, they'll try and bring it back, uh, back into scope later on. 
Uh, and then I like I don't follow Path of Exile, so I can't speak to the, the nature of the update and such. I've just seen the reactions, and it's been kind of uh, muted because I guess that they're nerfing like the movement speed and that can cause uh, you know a lot of issues with trying to dodge projectiles at higher end maps and such. And again, I, I can't speak to it. I don't play Path. Um, and I don't know the, the, you know, I could read the patch notes for Path of Exile, but they don't make any sense to me. Um, but it seems that it's had uh, a far more muted response than some of the uh, previous leagues. But, you know, that happens. The GGG experiments, you know, they, they do things. Sometimes it doesn't resonate well with the community. Um, other times, you know, they've had to go through and they've cut leagues short because, well, this just isn't working. We'll like revert it and do something else, you know, just as like a, a, a patch fix, and that that's cool. I mean, that's awesome. I, I would I would love to go through and continue to see more of that, like in Diablo, especially like with these um, ethereals where like the stuff is getting, um, as SVR puts it, voided, um, and so everything that you go through, achieve, and that thing that gives you all of your power in the season is removed at the end of the season. You'll never be able to do that type of things again. I, I talked about this, I think it was, yeah, it was like last year. It was the beginning of last year where we got that fourth Kanai's Cube slot. Where it's like, if you didn't play a, a Poison Nova Necromancer, then you just missed out. Because that was like, that was going to be the highest that you could ever push with a Poison Nova Necromancer. And it was like one of the best builds at that particular point. Just because of the way that scaling and item interactions and all that work. Um, that there's going to be some cool stuff that you can play around with. Um, in this season that just, you know, either not may not necessarily won't work again because we're not getting like an extra legendary slot. We're not getting an extra legendary power. We're just getting extra passive and that the nature of passives don't really passives in Diablo don't unlock playstyles. They just make them better. So there is just going to make certain playstyles uh, more efficient or better, but they're not really going to unlock anything. But yeah, it's this season is going to be one of the highest that you can push with a lot of sets, un unless your set you know just got nerfed, like Aegis of Valor or the you know the Masquerade or the Burning Carnival for the Necromancers. So it's it's something that's worth at least going through, messing around with, checking out. Uh, and the one final thing that I also wanted to mention for. Um, you know, the season 24 to kind of like give you a heads up is uh, maxroll.gg also has like their, their tier lists uh, and they have like the, the metas. Um, while not everybody is necessarily going to be going through and pushing for the leaderboards or the, like the, the multiplayer leaderboards or such, one thing that I think that most people might just experience because you're going to be going through, you're playing with friends, um, you know, or at least for those that aren't doing solo self found or solo play. Uh, for the people that are going to be going and like playing with friends and such, um, that it, things um, I guess are changed up, you know, like a, a little bit uh, with uh, the the season twenty four uh, experience meta. So the the most efficient ways of going through and grinding XP, if you're just going to be like trying to power through things with your friends, uh, for this season, it, the uh, the firebirds or the the birds runs as they call it has been uh pushed up to the top whereas previously it was a contender with uh rat runs and so like kind of like the the best experience farming build right now uh is shaping up to be two firebird wizards a zdh and a z barb so support demon hunter and a support barbarian in order to go through and push it out 
and then also coming back in because the the monk the monk has actually been a little bit um missing you know from some of the the higher end play just due to the nature that like you know support demon hunters and support necromancers have you know kind of like found their way and have vied you know gotten like those viable slots and such and so that the the good old support barbarian support you know monk hasn't been as big of a thing um you know in the uh in some of the the metas in the past besides of course like just like the extreme high-end pushing uh but then like the second best is actually it's the bells the, the wave of light so two wave of light monks with again the support demon hunter and the support barbarian and you'll never be able to get rid of it is of course following that is your typical rat runs you know with the 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 two uh you know rat necromancers which is funny because you don't use rathmas and rathmas doesn't even work you know for it anymore but that's just you know how things get named right uh and then of course the the support necromancer uh and a support barb though a support demon hunter could also potentially work um as a, a slot in but it's it's generally once once you go rats it's like three necromancers and whatever whatever else that you want to fill it's kind of self-sufficient. You're just doing it for the uh, the the CC and health orbs, right? Um, but yeah. Uh, so the other thing that I wanted to go through and jump uh, into uh, some detail for tonight's episode is that we had uh, a couple of blogs over the the past two weeks. They've been doing like one blog a week that they've been talking about things from the Diablo 2 Resurrected Technical Alpha. And uh, it's actually pretty cool going through. I, I've, I've just always been one of those people that enjoys seeing the development process. Uh, you know, well, obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you know, I talk about the development process and maybe what the developers' mindsets are and such a lot. Uh, and so getting, getting to peer a little bit behind the curtain... Um, as they've been not just with Diablo 4, but Diablo Immortal and uh, D2, uh, a little bit more uh, candid with going through and sharing us with us, you know, sharing with us the process, the steps that they're going through, uh, and so forth. Um, and so they're just going through uh, and hitting some of the major notes. Uh, one of the big pieces was the arts and visuals. Uh, while, you know, if you watch my streams during the technical alpha, like I was just blown away by how, how cool and awesome everything was, but there, there were a couple of misses. Uh, a lot of people didn't like that, like the lightning spells had like a bluish hinge. Uh, you know, um, they preferred it that it was just like kind of like the, the pure white that Diablo 2 was. So there was no blue hues in it, uh, whatsoever. Uh, and so they're they're going through and they're they're making that change. They're also going to be making the the visualizations thicker, thicker, um, and, and you know kind of like going and whiting them out. They didn't give us a uh, look at that, but just noting it that they are trying to recapture that feel for what it looked like in Diablo 2. And then like one of the awesome ones here is that it shows um, like the sorceress's blizzard that there was uh, there was also a lot of feedback. Uh, that the original implementation of the skill and the technical alpha didn't quite hit the mark. Uh, and so if you're not able to see the image on screen, it goes through the original Diablo 2, which is just like some cones and some like snowballs that kind of like slowly fall from the heavens onto the ground. And they tried to capture that um, 
in the technical alpha so it still has like kind of like that slow um fall to the ground with a couple of different shapes that are thrown in there uh that you know it while that is a true recreation of what we're seeing from the original diablo 2 take um obviously doesn't scale up that great uh when you're going through and actually like trying to make this look like a, a modern a modern style like arpg and so they just went all out they um better recreated you know like the the kind of like the iconic little cones and balls of the uh, the, the blizzards uh, the the blizzard skill from diablo 2 um but they they ramped it to 11 and sped it up so i'm sure mechanically it's still functioning the same way but they're falling from a, a, a higher distance so even though it's traveling faster the actual kind of like time to hit the ground from the trigger of the spell looks like it's going to be exactly the same well it's running the same engine so obviously it's going to be exactly the same but they're just tricking you into thinking that it's moving faster but it's dropping from a, a taller height in order to achieve that which is just like props you know that, that is awesome that's like a great little kind of like psychological trick where it makes it look cooler and faster and more rhythmic but while still making it work since it's the original diablo 2 running in the background so kudos that's cool that, that's just awesome um one of the other ones was the uh the freeze the when a monster had like the the chill effect or were frozen they were a a bright like a, a that is like a super like pastel blue and that's something that we talked about on like on my stream playing it through a couple of times but they, they've gone back and they've changed it uh so now it's a bit closer to you know that that very um dark blue from diablo 2 so it's no longer uh kind of like the the pastel blue well it i will say it it looks better in these still images it definitely looks better you there's no argument there i do wonder once you get in and start playing the game it was one of my complaints with the diablo 2 technical alpha was there's just some readability problems like everything looks so great but one of the things that diablo 2 did uh, was it used um, a very stark color palette in order to communicate things to you everything was you know everything's like really dark tones and desaturated uh but like when you froze an enemy that blue really stood out because like nothing else on the screen is blue and it's just a whole bunch of you know um you know 2d models overlaid one another uh in in this game with that 3d engine on top of it where things have depth and lighting and shades and textures that they did not in Diablo 2, that makes the readability a lot harder. Uh, and so that was one of the ones that I, I imagine that the, uh, the that bright pastel blue was for communicating that the enemy was afflicted by it because it can be hard to tell. Like going and looking at the screenshots, you know, especially when you go through and you have, like, there's some, like, skeleton mages underneath the, the archway. It might be hard to tell, you know, well, 
you know, is that just a, a frost mage or is it frozen? You know, there, can it's 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 harder to instantly pick up um, the the status of those mobs that was you know actually pretty easy in Diablo two. But that that is going to be a con you know that's a concession. There's no there's no perfect way of nailing it of being able to keep that the the 3d lighting and textures and all that that you would expect while also still like staying true um to kind of like that at that aesthetic that d2 had You're, it's just like the the pastel blue doesn't work you know and so uh are you willing to give up like that instant readability uh that worked in d2 for a better looking resurrected you know, so there, there's always going to be there's always going to be like a trade-off when you're doing things like that. I'm sure that's the conversation that's going on in the development team. And once you know we get to go through and you know play the game uh, as the uh, the beta is coming up shortly, uh, they said it's in August. And as I mentioned on the previous episode, you know we had the we had the two dates for the start of season 24, the 23rd or the 30th. And now with season 23, they they pushed up season 23 and gave us only a one-week turnaround time because they dropped the Diablo 2 Resurrected Technical Alpha on us, like, immediately afterwards. It makes me think that the reason why we have the Diablo season starting on the 23rd instead of the 30th is because then that next week, so sometime of the week of August 1st, we might be getting the Diablo beta dropped. It's not, it's, you know, it's like the full game, but we don't have all the classes. But in order to, like, implement any changes from that, they're going to need time. And the game launches on September 23rd. So if they, if they drop, you know, the alpha, say, like, on Tuesday, August 3rd, because Tuesday is, you know, a, you know, it's a safe bet, right, for updates and patches and all that other type of stuff to drop. They, they dropped it on the 3rd, that would still give them, you know, a full month of testing and then a couple of weeks left over to implement any changes that they wanted to before the game dropped. Or even if it's only, like, two weeks of testing, three weeks of testing. Um, you know, like what we had with the, the technical alpha. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do think that, you know, uh, Season 24 dropping on the 23rd is a pretty good indication we're only a few weeks away from beta people. So if you if you haven't yet, you you can guarantee your spot in the beta by going through and pre-ordering Diablo 2 Resurrected. I I know I know. PC Master Race don't pre-order games, all of those type of stuff. But hey, the transmog's cool, right? You get the barbarian transmog, which is in the game now with the uh, the the patch that dropped today. You can actually use it. Um, and hey, guaranteed beta access. But if you if you want to uh, if you want to you know, hold out, trust in your luck, see if you get a, uh, just the, the, the random, uh, beta invites, which I imagine they have to continue to do the random beta invites, and that's not just, uh, a, a pay-for-play, that they'll still invite people in, or they'll, because they did tons of giveaways for, like, Diablo Immortal, um, I can't remember specifically if they did that many giveaways for the technical alpha, they, they did do, they did do multiple waves of the technical alpha for D2R, um, 
but uh, I'm sure that there'll probably be, you know, some some giveaways and stuff like that. They did on, like, Instagram and Twitter and I think Facebook, too, for, like, the official Diablo accounts for chances to win. So just keep your eyes on that. I'm sure we're going to be learning, you know, within, like, the next next week or two. Well, obviously, the next two weeks. We should we should definitely know that is whether, whether it's coming at the beginning of August or not. Just keep your eyes peeled. Uh, but uh, uh, going, going back on, continuing with the dev team's learnings from the technical alpha uh there is also the icons so there was uh you know the the new images that they had for the potions while they they tried to recapture the essence of the d2 potions they were very uh muted like the the contrast was just off like it was like ramped up like way too bright uh, on the images and so now uh they they've touched it they they've changed you know some of the the textures a little bit but they've also brought the the contrast back in a little bit so the it, the potions just look better higher definition they're not you know when you're looking at the icons in the game they just looked a little bit washed out so those are definitely going through looking better uh same thing for the the gyms they they went through and they showed off you know the the gyms and how they look uh compared or these ones they, they darkened it they added a, a little bit um you know of uh, more shading and such to like the lower level gyms so your chip your flawed and then your gym you know so in the the image that they they gave us was the, the ruby so the chipped ruby the flawed ruby and then the ruby they like darkened it compared to what it was in the technical alpha but then the flawless and the perfect they actually kind of like brightened and dropped the detail on a little bit so this one I'm, I'm conflicted on because i definitely like the look of the the flawed uh chipped and regular gems better with the the current iteration um with that, that that they have at the moment that they're sharing with us as opposed to what we saw in the technical alpha but then i liked the technical alpha's perfect gem and flawless gems better you know they're a little bit darker and you can see more of the facets inside of the inside of the gym and like the inner reflections and such i think it's just looks a, a little bit nicer uh and then finally we've got the skulls i honestly really had no complaint uh about the skulls uh from the technical alpha the the ones that they had the uh, the learnings from they're just adding a little bit more texture to them there's more cracks in the skull or at least the, the cracks in the skull are a lot more visible. Uh, they changed the palette a little bit. So it's more of a, a white instead of a yellow. So it's more of kind of like that bleached bone instead of aged bone. Um, which this one is of course going to kind of come down to purely um, just like your personal preference and aesthetics. But as I was talking about um, my models and painting that I've been doing for Age of Sigmar. I prefer the aged bone look. You know, you've got like the bleached bone where you're painting like white bones or like the bleached bones where you're like adding a little bit of a yellowish uh, hue to it. And I I like the the aged bone with like a little bit of the, the yellows and the browns. I, I like that look aesthetically better than just like the, the pure white bone. That, that's my personal preference. I know, I know. Uh, but I think, I think that, you know, both sets look you know pretty awesome uh to be honest i i would be happy with either um that the, they went with 
Uh, and then also we got to see just some some generic icons uh, for items and such. You know, they're just adding a, a little bit uh, more definition to like the uh, the charms. Uh, you know, the the a little bit more lighting to like the the bows and the shields. Uh, the I and this is also another one I I like the the shield that they showed um, in the I let me give me one second here because my face is covering let me just uh, drop this real quick so that way you know the people that are watching this on YouTube or in the live stream can see it a little bit better but the uh, so the original Diablo 2 shield that they showed off is just like your regular shield that you can find while you know leveling through the game it um you know it's it's old it's worn you can see like the the individual planks of wood and the paint is chipped uh, and I I like the one in the technical alpha more just because it has more of that aged look uh, so you can see like the wear and the tear of it more than you know what they're working on with the current iteration but I guess that also again that just kind of comes down to uh, personal preference you know and the aesthetics which is what a lot of art really is it, it is all you know personal preference and aesthetics you're you're never going to please everybody when it comes to it you know the obviously though you know saying that we had you know the look at the character art from the the last diablo 4 um dev blog and it was almost like pure unanimous i i haven't seen as much of a positive reaction to one of the diablo 4 blogs um i think ever uh since that because there, there, at least there, there's always something um, to critique, right? Oh, they didn't show us enough items. They didn't show us, uh, you know, these skills. This isn't a, this, that isn't, what was Quinn's? Uh, that's not a skill tree. That's a skill twig. You know, there, there's always something to be said or, you know, that another ARPG is doing better or something like that or you're not as happy with the item design. But the, the art, at least the art that they showed, I don't, I didn't, I haven't seen anybody complain about the art. Um, besides people that just straight up want to do nothing but dunk on the Diablo series as a whole. But, you know, not like their feedback is really valid because they, they hate it for the purpose of hating it. Um, but, you know, to, to, uh, you know, to each their own, of course, as we're talking about personal preferences. Uh, and then, you know, this one they also went through in a little bit more like quality of life changes and accessibility that we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, but just, you know, they're, they're going through and they're giving like larger font modes, UI scaling, more contrast settings, uh, to allow, uh, players to just, you know, customize, change up the game, uh, for how they want. And this is something that I think is just true to any Blizzard title and that say what you will about like balance or gameplay or anything, I don't think that any company goes to the same extent that Blizzard does in terms of accessibility options, where it's just built into every single one of their games, and it's a pillar of the development teams that's required, that you need to make sure that you have uh, the game itself like fully accessible. And we're not talking like accessibility in terms of like difficulty, you know, or like, you know, Dark Souls versus Mario Kart or anything like that. We're talking about Things that allow people to play the game. You know, even something as simple as a large font mode. You know, some people might have issues 
Uh, that, you know, well, you know, it's it's Diablo. Is that is that a five or an S? You know, it's like that's just it's like the certain things like the font types and stuff. You know, Diablo Diablo two like some of the accessibility problems were just community memes, right? Uh, and so they're just things that they're acknowledging and trying to add, um, you know, things to. Uh, that will allow more people that you know might have um, an issue or something you know that prevents them from experiencing the game in the same play in the same way that someone else might you know whether it be you know a disability or something along those lines that they just you know even something as simple as like I spent like just as an example today I spent like my entire shift cataloging 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 I can speak serial numbers off of monitors, computers, servers, and like everything in the entire building. It was it was ginormous. We were doing um, an IT uh, inventory, and uh, it's not like we were like double checking an inventory; as we were creating one. And so I had to pop it in ceiling tiles and all the other type of stuff to find every single device in the entire building, and then recording it serial numbers. Like, by the end of the day, like, like legitimately, I was having problems. If it had repeating numbers, like, if it had three zeros, like, I would stare at it for a minute and be like, how many zeros are there? Is it three? Is it five? Like, my brain was just, like, cross-wiring. You know, it's like, if there's, like, just, like, two sixes. Like, is that three sixes or a nine or a seven? Like, I had to give myself some time by the end of the day like my brain was just fried and everything was just like going through and running together and when you're when you're having to sit there and stare at a bunch of like little tiny font especially with now that the game is going through and blowing up the ultra wide screen support all those other types of thing yeah i can definitely see myself at the end of like a long day of work if i sit down and play some diablo 2 resurrected i might turn on the large font mode just so that way i don't have to rack my brain any further to try and pick up like little tiny items or anything along those lines so like by all means it's you know it, it makes it makes my life easier in that respect and so i can only imagine what that would do for someone you know that has issues with reading or sequential numbers or tiny fonts and such so again nothing nothing but good changes take all the time you need if it you know if adding in better accessibility options like would in some way shape or form push back the release date of the game fine do it like no one should complain about that because they're making the game you know more accessible to everybody and again this isn't this isn't difficulty or you know bringing the game down or that's a whole different discussion and i just saw that like a couple days ago on like you know developer twitter and such and like i'm not even going to get into that but this is just making it so that way people can play the game period you know, you think about like certain things like color blindness and such, but there's there's a whole uh, gamut of things that can interrupt people's play. Uh, and we'll actually be talking a little bit about uh, more of that in a second, uh, because but then like there's another great change, we're getting three shared stash tabs instead of just one. Awesome, you know. So uh, now you have your stash tab. And then you have three shared stash tabs. So you've got a ton of space to go and save all of your items. Uh, what? 
what could what could be better, right? Uh, you know, and so they're also just you know adding in some changes. This is this was one that actually surprised me, but then became like a really common complaint: the auto map. Like if, if you played Diablo two back in the day, you played Diablo two. You know, the, the game was just up on the the map was just up on the screen. It was taking up the entirety of your screen, and you're just playing the game, looking through it. And that was just the way that you played. Like, that's fine. But then I had people that had never played the game before. Um, or even people that, like, played the game and they just were, like, coming back to it. And, like, they're watching my stream and they're like, What is up with that map, yo? And then uh, when I was going through and playing the game and, like, showing Neve and such, it was like, this is what created my love for Diablo and caused me to spend all of this money for all this shit in the background. And she's just like... That map is ugly. Like, how dare you? How dare you? But then you see it more and more on Twitter and Reddit, all those other types of stuff. And so they're they're making some changes to the auto map um, to uh, make it a little bit better. I wish that they had showed some pictures because I'll be interested in seeing it. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's, I don't know. It's just like that's it's like the way that the game was, right? They're changing things, and I'm scared. Uh, and, you know, just some, like, other little things, like adding a clock. I mean, awesome. Great. Love it. Like, just so that way you can go through and see the see the time. Um, and then, like, the loading, loading screen. They're um, improving load times, which we had issues with, you know, during the technical alpha. But some people were actually, like, loading in and getting killed by the monsters. I didn't experience that one, but it was pretty widespread. Uh, and so now they're also adding in like a little bit of like uh, I guess invulnerability or something like that. So the characters shouldn't you shouldn't get attacked when you spawn in. You should you're not gonna spawn in dead hopefully. Uh, and then they've also like reduced some of like the the grunts and yelps and such that were were added. Uh, but yeah, they're they're definitely and they also just like the steps they're looking forward to the early access beta. Um, you know, and continuing to thank, you know, the community for, like, the feedback and support, uh, which, of course, you know, we, it's, it's Diablo 2, it's near and dear to very many people, and, like, you know, it, it, you know, Diablo 2 created the genre, you know, obviously there, there were, there were ARPGs before it, there were ARPGs before Diablo, the original Diablo, but it was, it was D2 that defined it, you know, I don't think that that's a stretch at all to say. So Path of Exile players, they, you know, you know, they're looking forward to this because it's the classic, whether they, they grew up playing it, you know, like I did, you know, or it's just they hear so much about it, but they didn't want to go and play a 21-year-old game, and they're interested in going and checking it out with the updated graphics. It's, it's, it's just a great time to be an ARPG player. It's a great time to be a Diablo player. The, the next blog that we went through and we got actually dropped earlier today, and this one is entirely focused on accessibility. And, and this one, you know, it goes through, and I just want to talk, you know, you know as I mentioned before, about, like, it's kind of like, like one of those divine pillars, uh, or, like, one of the develop, uh, development pillars with accessibility, not just, like, on, like, the Diablo team, but all across Blizzard on every single franchise, every single team, uh, that they... they opened it you know with um philosophy and so i'm just going to go through and read this directly from the article 
Uh, and this is uh, Drew McCroy, who is the uh, UX accessibility lead that is uh, writing this article. And so, you know, th these are uh, his words. Uh, so when we first sat down with the intent of modernizing one of the most beloved ARPGs of all time, we knew that, that there was work to do from all angles. The game is over 20 years old, and long time the Diablo, in the long-time Diablo 2 community is ravenous and heavily entrenched in decades of eccentricities and quirks. Our team includes many Diablo 2 purists who have thousands upon thousands of hours in the game before working on it professionally, and our goal is not to break what isn't broken. One thing we agree on is that it doesn't matter how pretty the grass is if you can't see the legendary staff on the ground. It ultimately sabotages the core gameplay experience. Accessibility is one major area of opportunity for this remaster to shine, and our intention to bring games to more players has evolved and is more refined now than ever before. And so, like, this is one of those things that it goes through and, you know, begins to talk about accessibility. Like, even just, like, one of the things, uh, like, having the auto gold pickup, you know, and not having to tap, you know, you have a whole bunch of gold that goes through and drops on the ground. Well, if there's 15 piles of gold, you got to click 15 times. And, you know, we've, we've, we've all had, you know, that, that ARPG, RSI, go through and set in. And so just being able to run across... You know, click once, run across, and pick up everything is definitely uh, much better, of course. And then just like your some of your standard stuff, you know, like as I was mentioning, like the larger font, but like UI scaling, gamma, and contrast settings in order to increase like that the readability uh, as, to help open up that gameplay. Uh, or even just something as like uh, as it says, like the auto gold pickup allows the ability to uh, better play for uh, someone with a controller. Not everybody can play with a mouse or keyboard, uh, you know, beyond the fact that it's coming to consoles. Some people, it's just better or easier for them to play with a controller uh, than anything else. Uh, and then they also talked about um, one of the other ones where this is, again, that nature of the. Um, the certain things just don't um, communicate well when you go from that 2D engine to the 3D engine, and they're talking about that uh, with like the the mists. So when you have like melee attacks and such, how it's it's hard to go and communicate. You're just sitting there, and your weapon's just going through the enemy model, whether you hit them or not, and maybe you just like miss like the the whiff sound or something like that. And so they added in an option that when you attack with a melee weapon and you whiff, uh, you can enable, it's not default, but you can enable an option where it will just pop up with a little text that says, miss. And I do love that they, they acknowledge that, you know, like in the background, it's like rolling a dice on the back end because it's a role-playing game first. And this is just like so Dungeons and Dragons because it... It, even though it isn't in multiples of five, you can have a 90, like, sorry, not a 97, but like a 92% chance, or like a 57% chance to hit something. But you'll always have, there's never a 0% chance to hit. You'll always have a 5% chance to hit, and you'll always have a 5% chance to miss. And that's because it comes from you know like it has the roots back in you know dungeons and dragons a d20 you have the one in the 20 which is an, always a failure and always a success and so you always got that little five percent at both ends of the spectrum and so i'm glad that they kind of like call out 
uh, you know, the, the origins of where like some of those uh, features went through um, and came about. Uh, but it goes through and it talks about, you know, I just spent a whole bunch of time in the, the previous blog, you know, talking about like accessibility and such. So I won't go through, you know, too much uh, in it, but it is worth going through and reading uh, because it is like if it's if you're if you're a person that doesn't experience, you know, any type of um, issues playing games, you don't have any conditions or anything that prevents you uh, from going through and playing games without ha without having to worry about accessibility options. I think that is definitely worth a read to go through and see the, the time and the effort that goes into these things for people that don't have that same experience that you do and that their enjoyment is dictated by the developers spending time adding in these features to the game. It, it's worth going through and checking out. Uh, you know, and I also like uh, that you know they, they're adding in even more like sound options so you can like just so that way you can jam out to music and have like the ambiance. Uh, you know, from the game, you know, as with every episode, I've got the Diablo 2 soundtrack playing in the background. One of my all-time favorite OSTs of all time, as I just said, all-time favorite figure speech. But they, you know, you can also change, like, just combat noises. So you're not just dropping all special effects noises, but, you know, you're just going through and changing, like, the, the combat noise. And so it's it's really it's really nice seeing you know the developers continue to take the time and effort to you know to put this in to make the game um, as approachable for as many people as possible. As, you know the the larger the community, the better, right? Like who, like why why you know gatekeep you know games behind you know accessibility options and such. So it's it's cool it's good the more people we have playing the game the better you know the large the diablo community i feel while we can be we can be vitriol at, at times and as i've experienced directly you know we at least are a bit more uh mature than say like the the world of warcraft community and such you know because it's just by its nature it's a mature rated game you know uh it's not as many you know younger players going through and playing or getting into the series uh, now, you know, as they're, they could in some other games and such. Uh, and, you know, so I think it's, it's a bit, it's a bit easier to have these type of, you know, more mature conversations and such. Uh, I'm just continue to be glad and impressed. Uh, well, whatever problems I might have with Sylvanas' story, uh, at least like the WoW developers continue to add in more and more accessibility options you know, to the game and to continue to try and divine, you know, design the games from the perspective uh, with that in mind, you know, from, from the very beginning. And it's not something where they develop a game and then go back and it's like, oh, maybe we should change something. They're doing this every step of the way from the beginning. And, you know, I can't wait to see what that means for like Diablo 4 and what, the, what those types of features and such, um, you know, because hearing all the people go through and talk about like playing Diablo Immortal, um, on a controller or people that continue to still ask for Diablo 3 to be playable on the controller on the PC What is Diablo 4 gonna play like on a controller when it is like straight up? You know, they made they made Diablo 3 work on a controller But it wasn't there from the beginning as much as people want to say oh, yeah It was you know console killed Diablo 3 that that was not the case they had a team that went through in the beginning and had to then make the game work on consoles 
And then from that point forward, development always kept consoles in mind, but it wasn't from the beginning. Diablo 4 is from the beginning, you know, meant to be played on a controller. Not just for consoles. You can play on PC with with a controller. And that if, it, if it's going to give me, like, the same experience as mouse and keyboard um, and, and save my wrist, I, I am all for it. Uh, and I just had one, one last little thing to go through and talk about before going and closing out the show. And that was just, uh, it, it's awesome going through and seeing all of these thoughts and feedback and just hearing from the devs, uh, from like the Diablo 2 uh, technical alpha, you know, to today as we're about to go through and get into the closed beta. I can't wait to hear what it is that the Diablo Immortal team learned. Because that the the closed alpha was long, you know we had a lot of time to go through and play that game, tons of feedback, um, and I can't wait to see you know what it is that they found, changes that they're going to implement, you know into the the next phase of testing. Because we still also have one more phase of testing for Immortal with a prospective launch, probably December-ish, you know, end of this year. Um, and I wonder, is it, is it going to be one of those ones where we're going to have, you know, like back-to-back -back releases, uh, just like we had with the Diablo 2 technical alpha turning into the Diablo Immortal closed alpha? Are we going to go from the, are we going to go from like the Diablo 2, you know, uh, beta, the early access beta into a Diablo Immortal beta? Maybe, maybe it's, uh, I've said it before. I say it almost every episode, but damn, is it good to be a Diablo fan right now. Uh, and I, I look forward to hearing more um, comments and such from the Diablo Immortal developers and what they learned, uh, what feedback they got, what changes that they're going to be implementing for uh, Immortal in the next phase of testing and as we get closer to the release of that game as well. And hell, we're like, what, maybe year, year and a half, hopefully not two years hopefully not anything longer than two years away from having these same types of conversations for Diablo 4, where we're not just trying to like psychoanalyze like these little developer tidbits about Diablo 4, and we're giving feedback on, you know, images and such, and that we actually will have the game in our hands or on our PCs in order to play. Uh, I'm, I'm again sad that there was no uh, BlizzCon again this year. We've got to wait even longer, but uh, at least we'll... We'll have something, you know, I, I imagine to match a BlizzCon line um, next year for our next like, look into uh, Diablo 4. I, I would love, and I think the only thing that BlizzCon line missed uh, from this year was um, having some sort of like in-depth gameplay. I would have loved to have, like, if the developers had like an interview... Uh, while the game just played in the background. Like, let us see what a zone is. Like, for like a 20 or 30 minute interview or something along those lines, or as they're going through and talking, just have someone playing the game in the background, walking through um, a zone. You know, we get we get so much, so many looks. We got the, the first, the first um, demo was in Skosglen, and then ever since then, like the majority of all the content that we've seen looks to be from the Dry Steps. You know, just have someone play through the dry steps. Just let us let us see someone play. You don't even have to like be giving commentary on the gameplay, though that would be cool. Would like that. 
but just having it played in the background so we can see more of it in action see see the combat in like full action of seeing the enemies at the edge of the screen initiating combat killing it picking up loot going into the next instead of just like the little you know like pre-recorded visuals and such that's that's at least my hope but it does bring me to the end of the episode. I appreciate everyone for going through, stopping by that uh, might have visited um, live in the chat here tonight. Uh, with just a little reminder that I do record these episodes live uh, every other Wednesday, even though today is a Tuesday, over at twitch.tv slash blizzpro at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and you can follow the show on Twitter at the WM Workshop. Uh, for notifications when I go live or when I have like schedule changes or anything as, as like tonight where I'm recording on a Tuesday instead of a Wednesday um, you know so feel free to go through keep tabs over there um, if you have any questions uh, that you would like answered on the show any feedback or anything like that uh, to see the, the show be done better or topics that you'd like me to cover feel free to drop me a line uh, westmarchworkshop at blizzpro.com again that email address is westmarchworkshop at blizzpro.com uh, and then, of course, you can always follow me on Twitter. You know, I'm at NineBallGamer. You can follow me on Twitch at, you know, twitch.tv slash NineBall, where it is the once in celestial convergence that I do stream, because I do plan on streaming the Season 24 launch here on Friday. So, provided that there's no, uh, you know, um, world-shattering issues that go through and pop up like I had happen last season... Uh, I hope to see you guys in just a couple days. Um, well, with that, it brings me to the end of the episode. Thanks again for going through, hanging out, and I will catch you all soon. <laughs>